Hey, I'm Bruce Weinstein, and this is the podcast Cooking with Bruce and Mark. And I'm Mark Scarborough, and on this episode of our podcast, we have got lots of segments up. We've got things about your palate. Oh, your palate. Your direct palate. <laughs> mm. That is how you taste. Your palate. We've got a one-minute cooking tip. We've got the best food find of the century. <laughs> oh, I won't, don't want to oversell it, and lots more. So let's get right to it and talk about your palate. So this is all about expanding your palate, ah, expanding what you eat, expanding what you like, trying new things. It's something that's really near and dear to us, at least no, to me. it's really near and dear to you. Why is that, Bruce? Because although Mark and I are food professionals, and we've done a whole episode on being food professionals and being professional eaters, I wasn't always this way. <laughs> Just say the least, when, you weren't always when, that way. When I met Mark 25 years ago, before we were writing cookbooks, and I love to cook and I love to entertain, but I wasn't I a professional yet. And here's the thing. I did not eat vegetables at all. Like, I wouldn't eat them. No, you did not. And I didn't eat anything that lived in water. Yes, and that was a really hard one for me because Bruce refused to eat anything that ever lived in water, period. And it was his <laughs> whole identity of his soul. So we would go out for sushi because I love things that live in water more than almost <laughs> anything. And, uh, and uh, we would go out for sushi and he would have, I don't know, the chicken cutlet that, you know. The tonkatsu, the, yeah, the, the pork tonkatsu, the, the steak teriyaki cooked on a hot stone. Yeah, he would have that and I would order my sushi. And of course, I would have my orgasm over my sushi as I ate it. And so slowly over time, he would say to me, I would say, don't you want to try it? No, 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 no. And But slowly over time, he would say, okay, order me one piece, but it has to be on your plate. I was a five-year-old. I you was were. A, I was and a so I would order my sushi, and then I'd order one piece of tuna. <laughs> and then I finally said to him, and he would eat that one piece of tuna. And then I said, you know, it's real, the salmon is really good. So I, we kind of crossed a salmon border. And things went on from there, and he started eating more and more things that live in water until one day I met him for lunch. He had a corporate job at this moment. He was creative director of a small advertising agency. And I met him for lunch, and he ordered sea urchin and yellowtail collar, the, the neck part, as it were, <laughs> the neck of a yellowtail grilled. And I said to him, you know, you're officially over that eight and don't eat things that live yeah. in water phase of your life. You have passed beyond it. Well, here's the thing about if you don't like fish, and of course, I spent my whole life until I was about 38 saying I don't like fish, which means... I grew up with kosher grandparents, and I grew up in a house where there was smoked salmon and whitefish salad and herring at least once a week. I missed out on 37 or 38 years of that. <laughs> oh, I, that was crazy. You but did. here's the thing. A lot of people don't like fish because it's fishy, right? It has that fishy. And the, the thing about it is that you Some can... Some of us like that. Some of us like <laughs> herring, remember? Well, you can start with sushi because raw fish doesn't have the strong fish flavor. Why is that, Mark? Well, raw fish doesn't because part of it partly has to do with how the oils are heated. It partly has to do with the fact that it's always cold. So again, your palate is actually controlled by heat and cold as much as it is by flavonoids inside anything. So it, had, it often has a cleaner taste. I realized I made a mistake with Bruce early on because I love sea urchin more than I can say. And he asked me once what it, it tasted like. And I'm like, oh, it's like cold fish pudding. And he didn't like that yeah, but now I explanation love it. Now of what I love it. sea urchin but if you don't like, like. If you don't like fish, try raw fish first because raw fish does not have that fishy quality. It's only once you cook it. As Mark says, you heat it up. And once you cook it, it also breaks the protein chains. And, and let me say, if that. you're going to try raw fish and you don't like fish, please, 
is go to a reputable sushi restaurant. Go to a reputable restaurant mm-hmm. with a good chef. Mm. Do not buy it at the gas station out of a vending machine. <laughs> Thank you, Homer Simpson. Oh, God. Do not really, honestly, don't do the sushi at your supermarket until you're really sure what's going on. Just be very careful. Know what you're doing. It's important to try to figure out how to expand your palate. And we kind of have this idea that, Bruce and I do, that you should, that people or I or you or we should always be open to new things. And I always say, because we have friends who are very picky, and I always say, well, I th- what's going to happen? You're going to die because you put it in your mouth and you're not going to die. <laughs> if you don't like it, you can always spit it out. But, you know, it, it's not going to kill you assuming it's well cooked and it's not, you know, a biohazard and all that kind of stuff. Listen, it, it never hurts to just try. Yeah. Well, restaurants are a great place to expand your palate. I mean, before you know, before you buy, because you may not know how to cook it, so before you buy ingredients, try something in a restaurant. Try something you would have never ordered before. And here's the thing about restaurants. You can ask to have a half portion of most entrees, and really good restaurants will do that, and they'll just charge you an appetizer, you know, size for an appetizer portion. Right. And you get to try some new things. Right. But it's not just restaurants. And once you start doing that, then start looking for things in your supermarket, right? Right. You have to look around in your supermarket. There are things to try. If you haven't ever tried, I don't know, X, uh, whole wheat English muffins. If you haven't ever tried Y, I don't know, almond butter, give it a shot. Um, what is the worst thing that can happen? You don't like it, so give the almond butter to your neighbor. Almond butter's a little expensive. Give it to your neighbor. But what's the worst thing that could possibly happen? And also, remember, a person who is open to new experiences is often better able to handle the changes in their own life. Mm. And figuring out a little bit about how to open yourself up to a wider range of foods is helping you ultimately down the road to learn how to be open to the changes that your life will inevitably bring to you. This seems odd and it seems overwrought to say that about food and yet it's part of an attitude toward the world as a whole who knew this was going to become a self-help episode and we should say one more thing that a great place to also try new things is on the web right it, well, it is, is i search i search online for new foods new flavors new things and in fact the publisher who publishes our cookbooks is publishing a book um, coming out called uh zoe's ghana kitchen and Zoe has, uh, she's from Ghana, actually she's from Ghana, but she lives in Great Britain. And she has a website, zoesgonakitchen.com, and they sell all sorts of African spices and blends that some things I'd never even heard of. Like so what? I, so I decided, okay, I have to try this. So I ordered some Dawa Dawa, D-A-W-A, D-A-W-A. I never heard of it before. She says it's sort of like an African truffle. It's very savory. It, she grinds it up. She says it's sort of like truffle and miso, that it's mm. a great flavor enhancer, mm. adds lots of umami. Mm. I, and then also a spice mix called Suya Spice Mix, S-U-Y-A. It does have a lot of familiar flavors like chilies and cinnamon, but there's a dried ground peanut flavor going on with Suya Spice. I think that, that looking around the internet, looking at people's videos on YouTube, looking at people's videos mm-hmm. on TikTok, you can find things that you would like to try. and. Listen, if you are food wary, I don't know why you're listening to this podcast, but if you're food wary and you ha- or you know someone who's food wary, start easy. Start with baked goods. Start with bakery items. Start easy. Don't start with an ice cream flavor they might not have wanted. Exactly. Don't jump up to the top of the list yet. You know, don't go to sea urchin. Go to strawberry ice cream and that work will your lead, way up. That will lead. Strawberry ice cream is a gateway drug to sea urchin. It clearly <laughs> is. And I should just say, again, I just want to reiterate, this is a great way to teach yourself to be open to the changes in your life. Because let me tell you, 
as life goes on, as you age, as your children age, as things happen, changes will happen to you. And it is best to hold your hands open rather than closed. Okay, what's up next? Next, segment two, our one-minute cooking tip. What is it this week, Mark? Okay, here's the one-minute cooking tip, and it's a little bit Martha Stewart-ish, but still another less. It's brilliant, though. Okay, pre-scoop your ice cream. What do you mean by pre-scoop your ice cream, Bruce? Well, if you're having a party, you're having company, why spend time in the kitchen away from your guests scooping up 20 scoops to top pie, cake, or fill bowls? Scoop them ahead of time, place them on the scoops on a sheet tray or a roasting pan, put them back in the freezer, and you're ready to go. So that way, when dessert comes, you just pull that tray out, plop the scoops right on plates and bowls, and you're done. I th- I think it's just hysterical to pre-scoop. And I also can say, I'll also say this about pre-scooping your ice cream. You're going to get more perfect scoops. Can there be more perfect? You're going to get more perfect scoops because when you're in the rush of the moment and you're scooping ice cream, of course you get the, you know, weird little triangular scoops. and Because there's never the right temperature either because it's too hard or you put it in the microwave right. too long and this way you can have time to make really pretty scoops and have them all done and you don't waste time in the kitchen away from your company. Before we get to the next segment, remember, rate this podcast. Give it a good rating, please, and drop a comment if you're able. We would really appreciate that. It helps in the Google Analytics. It helps with what we're doing. We would appreciate that out of you. Thank you so much for doing that. Okay, we are moving on. Now, this is very exciting to me because I want to tell you that part of what we're going to talk about now is a food find. This usually is where an interview drops into our podcast, but instead this is about food finds, and this is about something that has just absolutely destroyed me. Not the first thing we're going to talk about, but the second thing. Okay, so okay. what's the for how are we getting well, into this? We're getting into this because we're going to talk about chili crisp. Now, we've talked a little bit about chili crisp before. You know, it's a Chinese condiment. Um, it's crunchy. It's sweet. It's spicy. It's got herbs. It's got crunchy things in it. It's got chili oil the in it. The most famous one is Lao Gan Ma. And Lao Gan Ma has this woman, this forbidding woman Her name staring. is Tao Hu- <laughs> Haobi. I know I'm pronouncing it wrong, but it's Tao Haobi. She's the godmother pictured on the jar. The godmother? Yes, yeah, she's called the godmother. The godmother? And, you know, the factory that she runs, uh, it's got, runs 24-7. They put out, from what I read, they put out hundreds of thousands of jars a day of this stuff. It is ubiquitous. It is in every supermarket, even in the U.S. Now, I can get it at Stop and Shop. That's how crazy Lao Gan Ma is. She is become quite the thing. She's become a billionaire mm-hmm. off this chili crisp, which is everywhere. You can even get uh, one like a saint's candle with her face on it. She's very <laughs> forbidding looking. I wouldn't want to, to make her mad in any way. Um, but I've this... seen people use it in thumbprint cookies, peanut butter thumbprint cookies. Instead of jam, you yeah. put this Lao Gan Ma chili paste in it. If you don't know about it, it's it's a little bit crunchy. It's super hot. It's very aromatic. It has a mala quality to it, meaning it is numbing and hot at the same time. But um, it has just become quite the thing. Bruce likes it on hamburgers. I do. I love it on hamburgers. Um, Kenji Lopez all likes it on ice cream, if you can believe it. Uh, that one's a little far for me. So this Lao Gama started this whole trend over the last couple of years, at least in the U.S., for this craze for chili crisp. And if you don't know this Lao Gan Ma or chili crisp, look it up. Look there it up. are hundreds of recipes on the web now. To make your own. make yeah. their own. Or you can just buy a bottle of Lao Gan Ma if you you like hot food, if you like spicy food, this is for you. Although, 
I'm here's gonna top this. it. Okay, so here's the thing. There are so many copies now. People have been doing it to try and copy her, and we've tried a ton of them. And our favorite one is oh. made by G Daddy. S Z E G Daddy, created by Eric G, the chef owner of 886 Taiwanese Restaurant in New York City. And let me tell you about G Daddy because now uh, this is my thing, and this is the thing that has blown me away. This is a chili crisp. It's not crisp like Lao Gan Ma. It's more pureed. It has a slightly coarse texture to it, but it tastes like, imagine mala, which is the hot numbing combination that is so uh, indicative of Sichuan food. Imagine mala crossed with the best sun-dried tomato <laughs> you've ever had in your life, crossed with a ton of spices, crossed with this deep savory flavor it is unbelievable g daddy is it is the thing it is good now to be perfectly honest while mark loves the g daddy i have decided that what i like best is equal part combination of g daddy and the lagama chili crisp because then i get all that flavor mark's talking about plus the crunch but the thing is um, that the G Daddy's a little more expensive than Lagama. Mm. For instance, like the six ounce bottle of G Daddy's about eleven bucks versus three bucks for Lagama, and you can only get it from the restaurant from eight eight six or their website or a few online retailers. PearlRiver.com has it, and they also have the sixteen ounce jar, which so, I really like. So a few bucks more. Nobody's paying us. I'm just telling you, G <laughs> Daddy, S Z E Daddy, this chili crisp blew me away. And what do you do with it? I like to grill salmon and then slather it right over the top of the grilled salmon. I like salmon. it slathered on the salmon. I like it with mayonnaise on burgers, so mayonnaise <laughs> and G-Daddy on burgers. I like it with pickle relish on burgers too. It is an unbelievable condiment. We were having ribs the other night and I was slathering each rib with G-Daddy before I ate it. Blows me away. Okay, segment four now. Every week we talk about what's making us happy in food this week. And Mark, you're up first. Okay, so what's happy, making me happy in food this week is we went to a friend's for dinner. And he made a really nice dinner. He made his own birthday dinner, essentially. <laughs> it was a lovely party. And uh, we went to their house. And what he did is he boiled potatoes. Okay, great. We all know that. He then grilled those boiled potatoes. Okay, great. We all know that. And then he mixed the boiled grilled potatoes with chilies in adobo and bacon oh my as the side dish. It's chilies in adobo sauce on boiled grilled potatoes. It with knocked me out. I ate more potatoes than I <laughs> ate of anything else. Maybe there's a theme here about me and spicy food. Oh, it was so good. He, he made such a great dinner. That went along with some fabulous grilled and, lamb and a corn and tomato salad. And I should say when I say chilies and adobo, you know I mean chipotles. You chipotles. know I mean the smoked jalapenos and adobo. Just unbelievable. What's making me happy in food this week? is miso-cured salmon. It is something Mark and I have been eating a lot of, and mm. I realized this week how amazing it is. It is the easiest dinner for summer because it's cold, it doesn't require any cooking. I go up to this little market in Great Barrington, not far from us, I either get the Aura King salmon, which is a farm salmon, very thick, very oily and lovely, 
or I get the Faro Island salmon. Also, very thick, very oily, very lovely. You need, I, we've discovered that the best thing for this is an oilier salmon, yeah. a fattier salmon. I've tried it with like sockeye and all that. It doesn't work. You need the you need the fat in the salmon for this to really work. And I I take the skin off it because I think that's the best way to get the cure all around it. And I mix together a huge dollop, like three quarters of a cup or so of miso. And I've tried it with red miso. I've tried it with with dark miso, Mark likes it best when I use the sweet white miso. I do, I like the sweet white miso. And then I put in about a tablespoon or so of really juicy minced ginger. And if you buy the pre-minced mm. jar, that's even better because it's very juicy. Mm. And then a big dollop to thin it all out of mirin, which is the sweet Japanese cooking wine. Yeah, right, so that right. the whole thing should have almost a pancake batter consistency. I pour that over the piece of salmon, make sure it's under, over, around, cover Turn it. Turn the salmon in it, make sure it's all over it. 24 hours in the refrigerator is all it takes, covered with plastic covered. wrap, and then rinse it off, pat it dry, and slice it. It is an amazing thing to eat. It is essentially a cured, let's call it a weird Gravlox version <laughs> of salmon. It is raw. Make sure you know your producers, if you're going to yep. do this, of where you get your salmon. Buy it at a reputable market from a reputable food counter. Make sure your doctor allows you to eat raw food. Exactly. Make sure that you know what you're doing here. And then you can cure it and you slice it. We serve it with seaweed salad and pickled ginger. And Bruce makes a, a rice cooker full of... Of medium grain sort of sticky rice mm -hmm. it's so delicious it's hard to even talk about how delicious it is simple simple and cold dinner cold for the summer and all you have to do is open that bottle of gruner veltliner or some mm. nice wine white wine to go with it and you are in so that's it. That's this episode of Cooking with Bruce and Mark. Please subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss a single episode. And wherever you subscribe, leave a comment, leave a review. We would love that. And come to our Facebook group, Cooking with Bruce and Mark, and join in the conversation there. So come back next week. We're going to have more segments, more interviews, more people, more food finds, more topics in the news. Hey, it's Cooking with Bruce and Mark. We love to have you here.